Welcome to Prime Suspects for your weekly insider's look behind the counter of Prime Sports. Alongside Joe Brennan Jr. and Adam Bjorn, I'm your host, Matt Landis. And guys, all three of us had the privilege of joining SuperStream 58, hosted by Captain Jack Andrews this past Saturday night. All three of us picked the Chiefs, so that had me thinking for a moment, hey, maybe Prime Suspects could be a bit of a pick show. Then again, all three of us lost the prop bets we brought to the table, so good thing this isn't a pick show. Joe and Adam, any thoughts on your experience joining the SuperStream 58 festivities on Super Bowl Eve? Well, come on. I mean, mine was a 400 to one shot. So, uh, you know, I didn't expect that to win. If you had Greenlaw to tear his Achilles instead of win the MVP, now you might be in business. Yeah. I mean, I, I caught bits and pieces of it. Thankfully, I was on with Matt Moldy, who tipped a 20 to one winner, who I found at my local book in Jamaica when it had gone off everywhere else. So it was definitely worthwhile for me on that premise. Um, I usually go back and watch it at a little faster speed later on just to get some feedback on that as well. But I think it's always some good value for the industry, especially if you're, you know, an outsider or a better or something like that, tuning into that. And even that matchable kind of baited event that they did, like their Euro, their Ryder Cup kind of thing. I think they may have hit 50% of the, the actual picks, but hearing the information, the back and forth of, you know, five or six professional bettors can only help if you're an average or recreational better, or even a professional better in adding more information to the pile as you sort through that 480, 500, whatever props uh, for the game. Joe, I know you didn't go with a 400 to one long shot, but I think your prop was a touchdown scored in every quarter. So at least it was a quick way to rip off the bandaid when we had a scoreless first quarter. How was your Super Bowl viewing experience? Yeah, thanks. <laughs> a really sage like there. I think the thing I took away from that broadcast Captain Jack and Unabated put on was that there are opportunities for good, thoughtful content about betting, the betting industry. One of the things that while the industry has expanded rapidly and it seems like it obviously the betting aspect has been integrated into the broadcast pretty thoroughly, the content that you see around it, the instant betting experts, things like that, people you never never heard of and suddenly they're a betting expert. It can be a little depressing at times to see what's passing for that kind of content. But then to have a show like that, where, I mean, I'm proud to say I was the dumbest person on that broadcast when it came to betting and, you know, to see where like Adam, Roxy, guys like that on the broadcast, talking about it in a really thoughtful manner. It's something that you just don't get in these broadcasts. And, you know, there's some hope that there could be a growing, I think, uh, opportunity for that kind of content rather than just the kind of real slick stuff that you see coming out of the big broadcast hubs right now. I went through and I actually, I uh, listened to a good chunk of it twice just because I found it just fascinating how deep and rich the information was and listening to people as Adam said, like, these are pretty sharp guys talking about betting in this sport rather than there's, there was plenty of people out there talking about props on ESPN and, and other networks last week, but they really weren't talking about it in a particularly thoughtful way. And how much of it was on the comedy ones that you couldn't get at a regulated shop, the Taylor Swift props and things like that. It was great to hear a bunch of guys who really, they've chopped it up for real with their own bankrolls to hear them talk about what the real opportunities were. Yeah, it was an honor to be included in such esteemed company. Hopefully next year, between the three of us, if we all get a shot at redemption, maybe the props can grade out a little bit better in terms of our three picks. But nevertheless, 
that was a great opportunity, a great experience. And guys, with the Super Bowl in the books, I'd also love to dive deeper inside the latest from Inside Prime Sports. The Super Bowl result for the book going to be the topic of this segment here. And I'll kick it off by noting a headline from an ESPN article published yesterday. The article was written by David Purdom. The headline, Super Bowl overtime delivers big swing for betting public. So it was a bit of a trifecta, it sounds like, for bettors who took yes on overtime, Kansas City spreader money line, over 46 and a half. According to Purdom, most of the books that he spoke with were pretty much unanimously pulling for the Niners and the under. Now, I'm not about to shed any tears for sports books, but it does sound like the end game may be a bit of a bloodbath for a lot of them out there. Adam, how did Prime's first Super Bowl go for the book? Uh, it was definitely a swing to the wrong way. Most of the money was on the money line, Kansas City. You know, I think from the, the streamer sort of mentioned San Fran and under was what was going to be needed. And then for overtime, yeah, to bring the total into play and it, it could never end well. Uh, I think every single teaser bet that was placed was potentially a winner. It really opened up for worst case scenario in that sense. I think on the actual yes overtime, I mean, if anyone backed yes overtime this year, you know, good luck to them. The odds have gotten so bad, so low on that. I mean, it's something that I've backed for 15 years in a row at like 16s and 20s and usually have a rather large position on it. But even those books that have come in line, I think like seven, eight to one was like the biggest odds. So at that point in time, yeah, you've just got to take the bets as the bookmaker side if people want to take those kind of odds. But it definitely did swing for the worst. Uh, most of the feedback is the same on that front as well. Joe, from your end, I know you're not as in the weeds on risk management, but at the same time, of course, being heavily invested in Prime. But what was your thought on how things net out? And also, it seems like Adam's perspective, keeping the big picture in mind, knowing that sometimes there will be big swings, but that's part of the business. And in the long term, if you've got the odds stacked in your favor, if people want to bet things like yes on the overtime, you'll just let time be your friend at the end of the day. First, Matt, I love how you always preface these things about the mechanics of this and like, Joe, you don't actually know how to drive, but you know, maybe you can tell me about what it's like <laughs> to be in the passenger seat behind Adam. I'm trying to help you out. Under promise, over deliver here. Jeez, God, you're hilarious. The big takeaway is it was a great day to be a better. We had a lot of happy customers. All right, that's the business. Uh, the big thing is, is next morning, come in. We had a bunch of big payout requests and they all went out immediately. Some of these guys were probably surprised. They were waiting for us to come up with some reason to hold up their payouts, you know, a couple of six-figure payouts. Nope. Happy to pay them off quickly. Hope they had a great time. We appreciated their action and hope we get an opportunity to uh, take their action in the future. But, you know, other than that, I hear a lot of people crying across the industry about how bad it was. And one thing I will say is, at least this is one result that it seemed like the square guys and the shark guys were standing on, and that was nobody believed that. San Francisco was really in any way a favorite in this game. I mean, so much of the action coming in on the KC money line. You just knew that if it went the way it did, it was going to be a tough day. And sure as heck, it did. Um, and I think that's a big key. You know, Super Bowl, again, for everybody, the pre-regulation and that, that was what you were sweating about the most was on a Monday. You know, the fact that now you can bet with these regulated books, they have to pay to go in there Monday morning and get paid as quickly as they did through Prime Sports. Again, six-figure sums sort of going through. I mean, that's kind of what the regulated aspect of this is all about, is having safe places to bet. But even that we've seen, you know, over the previous number of years of slow paying and no paying, and you know, dragging it out. The idea is that you can bet with a place, 
you can have a big win. You can call them the next morning and have your money by the end of the day. That's ultimately why we're doing this, why we're pushing this. And this was just a great example of take a hit, pay the money, let them bet the next day. Yeah. And then just as a quick note on that is I think one of the reasons why we're, we're pretty confident in being able to do that is the rest of our business is really healthy. Yeah. We, we took a knock on the Super Bowl. Woohoo. But so far this month, February, just when you look at our hoops action before you get to what we took on the Super Bowl, you know, it's our basketball is really driving our business right now. So we have something to do that it just count the days until the NFL and NCAA football kick off. So all of our growth has recently come in the middle of the week, uh, which is great. We're taking a lot of volume. And so whatever welts that we took on Sunday on that result, that'll get papered over here soon enough with the volume that we're taking on basketball. So the only thing I'd say is like for betters, I hope, yeah, go ahead, you know, do what the bookies do. Take the week off after the Super Bowl, stretch out, remember what sunlight looks like, maybe get to know your wife again, that kind of thing, and get back into it see where there's opportunities in other sports, whether it's basketball, golf, pitchers and catchers report to Clearwater tomorrow for Philly. So it's baseball season's on us. So a lot of good stuff going on out there. We'll get to a bit more on what life after football looks like in the look ahead segment shortly here. But one question to wrap up the Super Bowl result for the book. I know the end game was a big swing for you guys and many other books out there. Was it a case of a big profit going to a small profit on the Super Bowl as a whole? Or did it actually swing to a very rare case of losing money overall on the Super Bowl as a sports book? It was a winner with whatever seconds left. And then it was a loser pretty much, you know, guaranteed overtime. But then the, the result sort of, you know, knocked it again. So San Fran in regulation time was the best result. Kansas in overtime, hitting the total like that was probably the worst result. Got it. Okay. So it sounds like almost a black swan event for books to lose on the Super Bowl holistically. But when everything aligns as it did in the end game, then it is indeed possible these days. Oh, come on. It's not that bad. It, it, like none of us are selling our houses. Right. <laughs> My kids might be going to public school instead of private school, but anybody who cries more than that, they're crazy. All right. And speaking of not crying over yesterday's result, but moving on, looking forward, let's go out of sequence with our segments here a bit this week, because Joe, you touched on everything post Super Bowl, still a lot to look forward to. So win or lose on Super Sunday, I think it's time for betters and books alike to shift into life after football. And now that the NFL season's in the rearview mirror, you talked about spring training beginning soon, a lot of action in basketball and how that's been trending for Prime, the kind of midweek activity that you've been seeing. How would you guys describe what else is next in terms of the top of your radar for the immediate horizon looking ahead for Prime Sports? Well, it's the men's basketball tournament, NCAA basketball tournament. We're about a month away from conference championships, conference tournaments and championships. And that's going to be crazy. I mean, that's actually my favorite betting event on the calendar every year. So you, know, you got three solid weeks of action on college teams. A uh, lot of opportunities if you're a better there. So many underdogs that do well and go on runs, which oftentimes really helpful to us. So that's the big thing that's on the horizon. NBA, pretty steady. I'm really looking forward to golf when it starts to really get into full swing here, especially since we've had a couple of uh, guys that I've talked to, a couple of our betters, over the last couple of weeks. And one, he said he was really concerned that Adam was taking too much risk because we were offering the largest golf limits 
on the planet is what he said. And his concern was, is that Adam was going to take a beating and that we would have to close up shop and he wouldn't be able to bet other sports with us. Really waiting to see how King Adam responds here this spring when things get into full swing with golf, but got a lot on our plate. I can't help it. Baseball is my first love. I can't wait for that all to start. Adam, on your end, or Joe, perhaps again, this is something you may have a good handle on. Don't want to sell you short here. When it comes to March Madness being such a big event a month after the Super Bowl, I know it's a multi-day event, and I've heard some people say that the college basketball tournament can often, you know, maybe it's an exaggeration to say it can run laps around the Super Bowl in terms of total handle. But what are you expecting from the overall handle you saw from the Super Bowl and how that might compare to what you would anticipate for March Madness? Yeah, well, March Madness, again, a lot more games, more days. The handle does run around. I mean, again, basketball is probably the second or third biggest bet sport in the world because, again, it's a daily thing. It's over and over. And the college basketball is, you know, much, much the same and fits into that score. Coming up Super Bowl over for me on the Planetech side, it's, okay, we've saved up some releases and that for upgrades in the software and things like that. So let's get those out before March Madness, add a few new features, do some development and stuff like that. And then rolling into, yeah, March Madness, baseball starting, NBA playoffs, NHL playoffs, the golf with the rolling into the Masters. For me, some Aussie rules starting, rugby league starting, Six Nations on right now. Like the world just doesn't stop when it comes to sports these days. It's just 24-7. You know, even the soccer, getting it back into Champions League, your UEFA Cup, Premier League, all these things just keep going and going. So, which is for me more of a domain than the US sports, because generally whenever I've been doing things, US sports generally run themselves. Everyone pretty much has a consensus number. Limits is fairly, you know, consensus in some spot, and it's the same stuff. The other things you get to play around a bit more, you know, there's a few big boxing matches, UFC coming up, I think next weekend, Saturday night, it just keeps going and going. And I, and I have a bit more fun in those non-US sports as well. There's plenty to keep us busy on both sides of the world and we'll just chug along and keep getting signups, keep getting depositors and service them as best as possible. Yeah. And just to kind of tail in on. Adam's last point is we've been, and we've said this, we've been more or less in soft launch since we opened up in mid-September in that we haven't really put any effort into going out and doing acquisitions. All the handle that we've gotten has been just entirely organic. They came to us, they found us, but we're finally going to start because we're on the front doorstep of opening up in Kentucky and in New Jersey that we're going to finally start doing a push out there to reach out to the marketplace and we want Prime to become better known amongst, you know, more casual betters and tell them what the reasons are that they should be looking at us. Maybe not as their first sports book, but yeah, they can put ours right next to their favorite sports book and one price. And we've got a long run until football season again, 206 days until the NFL kicks off on September 5th, Thursday, Casey against, I don't know, somebody <laughs> that's a long time for us to talk about and build the case for prime sports with more casual betters and what the virtues of reduced juice betting and the kind of operation that we have, the service and the payout, fast payouts and all of that. We'll be coming soon to an airspace near yours. We'll probably start to try and compete a little more with, let's say the more dissatisfied people in the regulated market who maybe aren't quite as happy that they're getting the value and return for their spend at some of the bigger brands. 
Well, Joe, speaking of a desire to become better known among casual bettors, I don't think there could be a much better transition to one more topic we can hit on in this week's episode, our water cooler segment. Sean Perry, the self-proclaimed best better in the world, reportedly lost $1.1 million on San Francisco minus one and a half on a wager place Saturday night at Circa. Perry also came up empty after sparking attention and controversy for the way he refused to split a $9.2 million plus pot when the Circus Survivor Contest was down to its final 13 contestants. And he's also well known as a high stakes poker player. He was the subject of a profile by David Hill, a fellow Superstream guest, by the way, David Hill, published February 8th on worldpokertour.com. The headline here, Sean Perry needs you to believe he's sports betting's golden boy. Don't want to give this too much oxygen, but the article has been spreading like wildfire across sports betting circles. There's a lot we could unpack here. My ultimate takeaway is that it was a pretty cautionary tale on the pursuit of fame and fortune. And I wish everybody well, but I struggle to see such a brash approach ending well in this case. Joe, this is an area where I think you really could thrive here. I'm not going to set the bar too low for you. Bring the heat. What stood out most to you when it came to this profile by David Hill? (laughs) Me. I, it's just this personality because it's a stock personality in our business pops up virtually every year. Some guy is out there beating his chest, telling everybody how he's the best in the world at this. I'm the best at this. And then, you know, now it always comes complete with the Instagram account, being on yachts, holding stacks of cash, eating and drinking chicks, the whole nine yards. The thing is to me with his whole Sean Perry wins, he changed his online handle to Sean Perry wins out. It echoed. Adam wins for me. And that was Adam Meyer back in the early 2000s, 2010s, whatever we call those things now. And how Adam Meyer basically is the same thing. Oh, I'm the best guy. Oh, I'm the best handicapper. And then, you know, if you look up Adam Meyer, Adam wins right now, you'll see that Adam Meyer is currently doing time in a federal penitentiary for bilking uh, one of his customers out of about $45 million. Uh, as a handicapper, it doesn't matter if it's Sean Perry. I don't know him. I've never met him. I got no reason to say what yay or nay about the guy other than to say, I think I know some of the best sports betters in the world, or at least in America, and they don't talk to anybody. You don't know who they are. And there's a reason why. So if you're out there shooting your mouth off, you've already violated the first tenet of being a good sports better. But all these guys, my hope is that they don't do so much damage to people in the marketplace with their tout operations that it creates a backlash and it causes recreational players and other people who use their services to kind of like lose faith in the fairness of this industry. That's my big takeaway. Fair enough. Adam, any thoughts on your end? I mean, I think Joe said it with the ones that talk the most, usually the ones that win the most. I know he, you know, he sort of come out with the haters again. I hate that seems to be the go-to line for anyone that gets any negative view these days. You know, the biggest thing for me was there was significant industry guys in that thing that had no trust for him. Reputation and trust is everything in this business and this industry for me. I myself has spent 20, 30 years making sure that any blemishes or any disagreements or anything that come up, I'll usually take a loss on because ultimately reputation wins out in this business long term. The one thing I do agree with though, is I wouldn't have chopped. I've said this before, 13 left. I'm not chopping. Uh, I don't care if I've got the best of it, the worst of it, anything else. That's too many in my opinion. Play it out a bit longer. I think the way it played out with the last four doing something, but at 13, 
yeah, I'm not chopping at that point, no matter the situation. All right. Well, if you happen to enter Circus Survivor next year and be among the final dozen or so contestants, if you want to chop, you better hope Adam Bjorn isn't gunning for that title as well. <laughs> One more thing on Sean Perry. I wish we had booked his $1.1 million bet on San Francisco. Be a different day. Yeah, yeah. If you're out there, Sean, Ohio, you know, sign up. There's some limits for you. You probably got a relative living in Ohio somewhere. You might want to reconnect with them. Yeah, well, I think in the profile at a certain point, I read that I think Circa, while they would at times give him bigger limits than what had been posted, they brought him back down to their posted limits. So if, if that kind of action they'll give him isn't enough, then Prime in Ohio or perhaps New Jersey or Kentucky before long, another avenue to get down. Well, guys, as we wrap up this episode, I want to thank the audience, as always, for tuning in and making us part of the first football-free week in more than six months. Always appreciate the chance to be part of your week. Want to remind everybody to register for Prime Sports at primesports.com. Download the Prime Sports app. Follow Prime Sports on Twitter at Prime Sportsbook. Follow Joe at Joe Brennan Jr. Follow Adam at Adam Bjorn 2. You can find links to all of the above in the show notes. Once again, everybody, thanks for listening. And we'll see you next week right back here on Prime Suspect. You must be 21 or over to play on Prime Sports. Always bet responsibly and within your limits. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Mm-hmm.